0: To be able to take it to that next level—that's what I'm excited about.
1: Goes over the middle, wide open across the five. He's in. Touchdown, Houston! Fires underneath. This is intercepted. Back-to-back possessions with picks for this Texans
2: defense. Takeaway number three on the day. Game day is every day. Five nights a week, the hits keep on coming. <laughs> now it's Texans All Access.
1: Oh, yes, it is. Hello, Texans. Good evening, and welcome to the program that gets you inside the building NRG Stadium. Here at the Hyundai Texans radio studio, wherever it might be, the mobile studio tonight. Mark Vandermeer and John Harris with you, and the General John McClain. Let's talk, guys. We've got a couple of days of moves to talk over, including a report this afternoon that the Texans have signed... Former Buccaneer tight end, former Buffalo Bill tight end, O.J. Howard. Good evening, General. Let's start with you. What do you think of that one, and what's been happening this week in general with the Houston Texans?
3: Well, first of all, I I like things that they've done with their roster. Now, maybe O.J. Howard's going to the Pro Bowls. People are acting like it, reacting to the news. But as I'll point out, he has as many touchdowns the last two years playing with Tom Brady as Brevin Jordan had last year, three. And uh, I I can't wait to see his role. Hopefully, Pharrell Brown uh, stays healthy and Jordan picks up where he left off last year. And OJ Howard will be the third tight end, but he's been hurt a lot. And when he's played, played 17 games last year with nine starts, and with Tom Brady, and he still uh, had produced touchdowns, which is one of the things he did early in his career. Had 11 the first two years when he showed so much promise. General, so many
0: things have happened in the last uh, 72 hours. What one thing stood out to you, good, bad, depending on how you look at it, what one thing stood out to you most about Transactionville the last 72 hours?
3: When Lovey Smith would not admit, of course, that Damian Pierce is a starting running back, which we all know he is, and then they, they released Marlon Mack then brought him back to the practice squad. Well, that showed any doubters. Pierce is going to be a starter, and they have four backs on the roster. And uh, another one that kind of surprised me when they brought back Jordan Aikens. And so now Captain Tegan Catoriano who's on IR and can come back this season, and O.J. Howard, Farrell Brown, and uh, Reverend Jordan, then they have Jordan Aikens back. And I think that's good because, you know, he flashed. He didn't live up to being a third-round pick, but he made some big plays, dropped some passes. I was glad to see him back. You know, depending on how they open up against the Colts on their first series, if they have Troy Harrison in the linebacker, that means they're going to start five rookies, and I think that's good because it's pretty clear. They got some really good young players. They kept all the draft choices. Next year, John Medgey, the third – hopefully he will be recovered from leukemia and he'll be like an extra second round pick. So if I'm writing a column. Let's see. I can't say who I'm writing it for, but I've written one on Mills and the enormous pressure about the franchise future on him. That will be uh, published soon by somebody's uh, website. I can't say other than it's free, free, free. and uh, And then I'm going to do another one about the relationship between uh, between Levy Smith and Nick Serial, what goes into a successful relationship with a coach and a general manager. And then – so I've got these uh, that I'm going to do. And of course, one's going to be on the improved running game with Damian Pearson and what they've done uh, in the offensive line. And the improvement in the offensive line begins with George Warhawk, a top-line coach, third and three years, he wants to average at least 4.5 yards of carry. And when I saw, and I know you guys are fired up about this too, Kenyon Green kicked some serious butt in that game against the 49ers against the run. I know he has some to do on pass protection. Who doesn't? But I'm pumped to see Laramie Tunsell back for the first time since the fifth game last year. Titus Howard. Back at right tackle where he should have been last year, and then AJ Ken who's been the right guard since the first day of OTAs, and then Kenyon Green and Justin Brett playing for the first time since last season. So it all starts up front, and I think the running game is going to be the most improved part of this Texans team.
1: Are you not allowed to say the website because you're just not allowed to release that information yet, or because yeah,
3: we can't nice do it yet? Yeah, That's to to do with legal issues it's going to be soon and uh, i'm real fired up about it it's like you'll be hearing something on monday about sports radio 610 where i appear three times a week and with you guys two times a week i will have additional duties besides our the utopia podcast i'm doing about to do three times a week with sean pendergast so i got a lot going on but i'm pumped about it
1: Man, you do have a lot going on. This and I love cool. being on with Why you guys, guys want to know about this website. Well, we love talking football, and that's what we do here, General. Uh, back to the O.J. Howard thing. I'm not ready to throw a parade here based on this one <laughs> signing here. What kind of – and, Johnny, I want you to weigh in on this as well. What kind of blocker is he? Because he's, he's north of 250. And the first thing I did was check the numbers, and I'm right there with you, John McClain, that, yeah, you look at the receiving numbers – uh, it was better earlier, I and mean, in the Brady years, I know he was uh, he was banged up in twenty twenty, but last year it wasn't exactly voluminous. So you are wondering what happens there. What kind of player is he at that position?
3: I don't think he's going to be like Adam Shaheen, who they traded for from Miami, and then he failed his physical, who is primarily a blocker. You know, they still don't have that tight end going to line up on the line of scrimmage and kick some butt. Now I think it was Nick Casario talked about. They could use one of their linemen, which they've been doing for a long time, and uh, in short yardage and goal line situations. So uh, I tell you something that I I asked Lovey Smith today because I was curious. If you have a fullback, Troy Harrison, converted linebacker, when he comes in the game, every team that has a fullback likes to every once in a while throw him a pass to get it on tape so teams know when he's in, it's not just for running purposes. And Lovey said he's a really good athlete, and he's got good hands. Now, maybe he's saying that for the Colts, or maybe it's true. But uh, when you've got that lineman in, unless it's Mike Grable or J.J. J. Watt, you know that he's not going to be catching a ball. But with a fullback, you hope that they still have some versatility besides just running the ball. But uh, I think O.J. Howard, he's just as good a blocker as – as Farrell Brown is. And Farrow of course, says blocking tight ends, make the minimum, which is still the best quote at camp. And uh, <laughs> so Howard's got experience. You know, there's nothing he's going to see that he hadn't seen. And hopefully they can get him up to speed on what they're doing and use him in, in, in several different capacities.
0: I remember seeing him at the Senior Bowl, Mark, and you talk about athlete. Holy smokes. I mean, just totally gifted dude. Um, I think, to John's point, I think he's got it right. I, I don't know that blocking is really the what you would sign him for, and that's what you would ask him to do. I mean, you're going to ask him to do it. Y- you need to, but he's not going to wow anybody with his blocking skills. If he is the O.J. Howard that we've seen with the Bucks, uh he's going to be more a receiving threat in that vein. But we can't have the concentration drops. Uh, that's one thing that when he was with the Buccaneers I felt like was was sometimes an issue uh, at that point. But I don't, I don't mind it. I'm, I'm like, Mark, I'm not going to throw a parade for it. I don't mind it. You kick the tires and you see what you got. And it could either be Roosevelt Colvin or it could be Quentin Demps. Take your pick. I'll take Quentin Demps as opposed to Roosevelt Colvin. But we've seen guys come in here with names before. And they've gone one of those two ways. They've been Roosevelt, Coven, you've got nothing out of them, or they've gone the Quentin Dempsey route, and you've got a really solid contributor um, you know, for your particular side of the ball, offense uh, or defense. And to your point about uh, Troy Harrison being the fullback, you don't even really need for him to carry it or catch it. You just need the threat of when he's on the field of there being a run and then you run your play action, and then you can hit your your receivers over the middle, et cetera. You don't need him to do a, a daggum thing. You don't carry it, catch it, whatever. I don't even care if he does that. But if he's in the game and they think it's run, and then you have good play action fake, you should be able to get wide receivers open at that particular point. But you know, we'll see where that goes. John, today – was it today? I think it was today. It was announced a contract extension for Russell Wilson from Broncos country. Let's ride. What do you think that does, or should it do anything at all to future negotiations with the Ravens and Lamar Jackson?
3: And not just the Ravens and Lamar Jackson, but the Chargers next year with Justin Herbert and the Bengals with Joe Burrow. Obviously, teams are saying Watson is an outlier. They did it because they were the first team eliminated, and the only way they could get him is pay an astronomical, unheard of, unprecedented amount of money, and we're just not going to do it. Now, um, Jackson, like Laramie Tunsil, is using advisors. People seem to think like he's in there doing his own contract negotiations. Give me a break! <laughs> now, if he insists on getting two thirty 230 or two hundred thirty-one million guaranteed, he's not going to get it. Kyler Murray didn't come close to it. You know what? If, if you're offered one hundred and fifty million guaranteed. Take it. Don't let your ego get in the way on something like this. I and mean, if people criticize you for taking it, ask them, would they have taken $150 million uh, for their job? And, of course, they would. I think they're going to get him signed because he and his advisors know that he's not going anywhere. This is his fifth year, and they can franchise him the next two years, so he's there for three years. And so the quickest he could become – unrestricted would be in four years because nobody does a third franchise tag. It's just not worth the money. And so I'm guessing that the Ravens who sell have a contract issue and have said from the owner, the general manager, and the coach that they want to get him re-signed, they'll do it, but they're not going to do it and give them 231 million guarantee.
1: Let me uh, talk to both of you in a talk to me like I'm five kind of way. <laughs> It's 3%, right? The commission is 3% for an agent. So why wouldn't you have one? What's the point in not having an agent? It's ridiculous. I get you don't want to have the wrong agent, but interview a few guys, pick one, and you don't have to think about it, and he's going to get you the most money, and it's worth the 3%. And I guarantee you this. You're going to get more with the agent. It's very much worth it. I have broadcast friends who have agents, and guess what? Those guys take 10%. That's a big chunk of change right there, and very often the broadcast agents aren't working in your best interest, and I can go over that, but that's not for this show. But a 3% commission, I know it's a huge contract. It's a lot of money, but he'll get you that money and then some, and he earned it that way.
3: Correct me if I'm wrong. Well, little Mark, since you're five years old, let me explain. <laughs> Laramie Tonsil just did All the right. opposite of what you said and got the greatest contract in history. Oh, that's true. Laramie got Lyman it in the NFL, and he paid his advisors by the hour and saved millions. Well, that's yeah, the, the other he thing
0: negotiating too? with. Well, okay, okay, that's a low blow, Mark Vandermeer. He's I'm a just child. just kidding. I'm it's, kidding. That's what a child would say. <laughs> that, that's a good point. That is what child would say. And by the yes. way, uh, a $250 million contract for Lamar Jackson ends up being $7.5 million at a 3% rate. Now, a lot of stars don't always give a 3% rate that sometimes is 2 or maybe even 1%. But I don't know. Anybody's giving up $7.5 million, or yeah, $7.5 million if you don't have to. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I sure wouldn't. But... Maybe if you're making two fifty seven and a half million, is just chump change and you're willing to give it up. I don't know. But, um, you know, everybody says Lamar doesn't really have an agent, but I don't know. His mom's done a pretty good job <laughs> for, for, for a long time. Uh, but we'll see how that pans out in the next few days. John, do you think that Lamar, he has put a week one deadline on it. So do we think Lamar, in the next four or five days, is going to shut it down? Or do you think it could be like a Matt Schaub situation where Matt – I think it was announced in the first half or something during the game that he signed. Do you think it's something like that where it gets announced, you know, week you know, during the game or around the time of the game, or do you think he'll really just shut it down once they get to week one?
3: I think if he says he's going to shut it down when they get to week one and week two, they give him what his advisors and he and his mama are asking for, they'll jump all over it.
1: Wow. Okay. Uh, General, Tennessee Titans, Harold Landry, Talk to me. What's going on in Nashville right now? That was not good news for them. And uh, in general, what are you thinking going into next week, week one?
3: He blew out his knee in practice, done for the season. He led them with 12 sacks. He had three in the playoff loss in which they, God, I can't even remember, they had double-digit sacks. He's their best pass rusher. So uh, Davis Mills will not have to worry about it. And the two guys playing behind him are not nearly as good or have not shown it to be nearly as good. And uh, I, something I'm interested in, I don't even know what the spread is for the Texans and Colts, but I I tell people this, you know, the Colts blew out the Texans twice last year. They swept the Jaguars, split with the Titans, could have beaten them second game. And they did it with Carson Wentz. I don't see how Matt Ryan's going to play any better and Carson Wentz did. Remember those long touchdown passes? But the Texans' defense is going to be better. Texans led the NFL in preseason sacks. I don't, that doesn't mean anything, but it is encouraging for head coach, Lovey Smith, slash defensive coordinator, who relies so heavily on his four-man rush. And um, so I think they're going to get after Matt Ryan. And they may lose the game, but I think it's going to be nothing like those two games last year in which they got – blown out this is a better team with a better defense it's rare that you see four new starters in the secondary but that's a good thing considering how bad they were last year the key on defense they got to stop the run and on offense they got to run it better and i think with a running game a improved running game they will the defense won't have spent so much time on the field and that'll be good especially against a team like candy
0: General, how bad is the situation up north uh, in Arlington where uh, Tyron Smith lost for a significant period of time, maybe not for the whole year, but a significant period of time, the thought they'll move the rookie from Tulsa from guard out to tackle, that being Tyler Smith, and he's even banged up. How bad is that situation in Dallas, and how do you think they go about fixing it, if at all?
3: They should. They should be uh, accustomed to playing without Tyron Smith because he's been hurt so much. Next year, he'll be 33. I'll be surprised if he's on the team because they drafted uh, Smith, Tyler Smith, who played left tackle at Tulsa. They had him playing at guard, and they thought they now they're going to move him outside, and he's behind. But if he plays well and improves, Tyron Smith's gone. And um, Dak Prescott will be rolling out to his right a lot. And they let Lyle Collins go to Cincinnati. So both their tackles are gone. And Prescott's good. Their defense is good. You know, Tony Pollard is a better runner than Zeke Elliott at this point in their career. So they're worried about it. But Tyler Smith returned to practice this week, so they'll have two weeks to get ready at left tackle at a position he's accustomed to playing. So they, a lot of people are picking Philadelphia to win. But to me, Prescott is clearly the best quarterback in that division. Jalen Hurts is second. I'm still going with the Cowboys, although it's rare for the NFC East champion to repeat.
1: I was going to ask you if you were tempted to pick Philly to win, but do you think the Giants have solidified the basement position in 2022, or do they have a chance to climb out of the cellar and pass
3: Washington? I don't think you know that they will. Uh, Daniel Jones, when they didn't pick up their fifth-year option, you know the new regime wants somebody else at quarterback next year. I think they're going to be bad—not tanking games, but it's going to be a really good quarterback draft. And with a new coach and GM in there, uh, Brian Dable and uh, Joe Shane, you know they'd love to get their own quarterback. As far as Carson Wentz, will he this time next year be with a fourth team in four years, or will he have been? what ron rivera keeps trying to tell people he is a legitimate quarterback and just a peach of a guy behind the scenes
0: yeah okay ron uh whatever whatever you say general baker mayfield apparently said that well he was going to do some bad things to cleveland and then he apparently walked it back saying he wasn't but carolina cleveland the baker mayfield uh revenge game if you will is there any way you're picking Cleveland to win this game with Baker playing with a chip on his shoulder the size of uh, Bank of America Stadium
3: I think you Christian if Christian, um, if, if Christian uh, McCaffrey. Got, McCaffrey is healthy and he's been hurt a lot the last two years since he got his big contract he should be healthy in this game he is a total a difference maker and they've added some receivers and but you know that defense of Cleveland's really good. And they're going to get after Mayfield. And all Jacoby brissett has got to do is don't turn it over. So I'm going to go with the Browns.
1: Hey, by the way, the Baker Mayfield stuff, wasn't that Cynthia? How do you pronounce her last name? Freeland? Freeland. Freeland. She uh, said she... he told her
3: that. She yeah. said it on a podcast. Yeah. She said, I'm going to bleep him up. He said, I did not say that to her. But she's not going to make something up like that. And no, it didn't no, surprise she, anybody. She said she to it. her
1: – But it sounds like he told her something that was not meant to be on the record, and
3: she tried to walk it back a little bit. He said it, and, you know, if you want something off the record, you ought to say it's off the record. That's the way it's been as long as I've been doing this. And supposedly, and I read every word about it, he kind of said it off the cuff, but he didn't say, hey, don't use that, or that's off the record, she used it. So, uh, you know, it's a big deal about nothing. I'm sure there's going to be more. Somehow more controversy between these two teams by the times they tee it off.
1: Yeah, Uh, John, I got a question for you about uh, football movies, because I was asked today in an interview by my buddy Jason Alexander up at Carlton Woods, he does a a podcast, a video podcast kind of thing. He said my top – he asked me what my top three football movies were. I'm not going to ask you that, but I'm going to ask you this, and maybe you need time to think about it. What's a football movie that hasn't been made – that should be made. Do you Ooh. have something in mind, they're going to come to you and say, listen, we're out of ideas here. We've done it all. What are, we, what are we missing here in the football landscape historically or maybe recent history where we could make a movie? We just did one on Kurt Warner. We need something here, General. What do you got for us? The
3: 1899 University of South football team was in a Southeastern Conference, mm. and uh, that school is still there on top of a mountain in suwannee tennessee and that team because nobody would pay them they were play them they were a powerhouse they got on a train and they went to austin and beat the longhorns one day they came to houston and beat the aggies because the aggies were trying to move to houston they beat them thank god and then they go to new orleans and beat Tulane. and then they spend the night uh, in Tulane, and the the not the coach, but what would be an athletic director's name was Luke Lee. He found a bunch of guys and paid them to go down on the strip clubs and the whorehouses downtown New Orleans and tell them all that they played for the University of the South. And everybody bet on uh, uh no, it's t- LSU that's who they were playing. Everybody bet on him. Turned out it was all fake. His guys were asleep on the train and they beat the hell out of them. They go to Auburn. And, uh, they think he's bought off the, uh, the officials when they don't count like three touchdowns scored by Auburn. And John Heisman pulls a gun on him at midfield because <laughs> everybody carried pistols and they had to get him off the field. And then they slept one day. And, uh, um, and there's a famous poster about this team. And on the seventh day, they rested. And they ended up winning a championship. They didn't have a national championship. And the reason I know that, about 15 years ago, I was hired to write a script about it, and I wrote a treatment, half a script, and I haven't written squat since. And at the time, it was called Iron Man. But then Iron Man came out, and it had to be changed. And I don't know where it is in development, but it was an unbelievable story about college football at that time.
0: That's amazing. Speaking of college football, General. Man. Yeah. Speaking of college football, General, how are you feeling about your Baylor Bears with Dave Aranda back for 2022?
3: It, uh, people are all over the place. Last week on the first college game day, Kirk Herbstreet and Desmond Howard picked Baylor in the college football playoff. Desmond Howard picked the Aggies to win it. And then I see Heather Denich of ESPN.com uh, pick Baylor not in the top 20 teams that have a chance to be. In the final four, then I see AP pick Baylor to win the conference and finish tenth. Then I see another thing; it has Texas winning the conference and Baylor fifth. All I know about Baylor is they got really good offensive and defensive lines with pro prospects, and we're not going to know squat Saturday because they're playing Albany, and that's not Albany, Georgia; it's Albany, New York. I didn't know they had a team, and uh, it'll be the third, second game they go to BYU that will be a much bigger test
0: general you know this probably haven't been a baylor fan number 62 saika aka Aika from lsu last year played at baylor he's one of my top 30 prospects in the country he's an absolute bona fide stud he is jordan he's the polynesian version of jordan davis
3: everybody has him going about the middle of the first round yep what
0: ike is his name Yes, yeah, Yaki Aika,
3: I-K-A. Yaki I-K-A. Ika, right. Yeah. I noticed in the new college so Ika, game So Aika, Aika all day. <laughs> which I, I watched college game day's intro Saturday, and I watched it again tonight. And briefly, he's in it for like a flash. And if you didn't know who he was or who he played for, you wouldn't know it. So he's Baylor's contribution to the lead by Big and Rich on uh, college game day.
1: John, thanks so much for joining us tonight. As hey, always, Hey, let me ask you something quick, 10,
3: Mark. How yeah, did you sure. do your play by play if the Texans decided that's, not to have a depth chart? Uh,
1: <laughs> uh, I just like study the numericals and give it my best guess. Yeah, I know. That's crazy. It's He'd rely on his so sideline reporter, be,
3: hopefully. And remind would, that thing that Sarkeesian anyway. is doing. I just ripped the hell out of it. I got all kinds of responses. I don't read the responses. I just know how many people engaged and looked at it. And and it's amazing how many people are defending him. And I think it's one of the dumbest things I've ever seen. Not as dumb as a pole dancing monkey, but it's close. Thank you very much, guys. I I will see you soon. Thanks a lot, General. Have a great weekend. I'm sure that's going to yield.
1: Two or three more victories to not have a depth charge. Sure. All right. Uh, next, who's better? We're going to do it with Johnny. It's a Thursday. We have fun doing this and some big games on the horizon. Let's get to it here on Texans Radio.
2: Stay tuned for more on the Houston Texans and the NFL on Texans All Access. The Houston Texans and Chevron have teamed up with the Boys and Girls Club of Greater Houston and the Houston Food Bank to create the Chevron Market Pantry at the Houston Texans Team Club. The partnership provides food to the local community and is run by Team club members and Chevron volunteers. Together, we're helping make Houston a better place to call home. Texans Radio. The drive continues.
1: Mark Vandermeer and John Harris with you. Great to have you listening. Johnny, it's time to play Who's Better? Are you ready for this one? Let's go. Okay. Who's better? Now we adjust the question based on what we're going to ask. So basically I can do whatever I want with this segment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Better chance to beat Indianapolis for the Texans. The game that was played December twenty fourth, two thousand six that the Texans won, the first time they ever beat the Colts, Mm -hmm. or week one this year. Now you know what I mean by better chance here, going into the game. Now, unfortunately, I cannot find the line of that game. How do you find past lines of games like years ago? Sean, Where are you when I need you? Yeah, Sean would be the guy. I'm betting I'm betting that the line was greater than this one. This one's eight and a half right now, I believe. Yeah, I think I'm betting does, yeah. the line was greater in that matchup and the Texans won it. They ran for over a buck fifty with Ron Dane. We all know how they did it. Field goal at the buzzer. That team over the Colts, they were
0: victorious, but who's got a better chance going into the game? I feel better about this team. Just because in two thousand six it'd be Peyton Manning. I mean, now you got to beat Matt Ryan, and Matt Ryan's playing his first game as a Colt, and no, no team in Week One really is hitting on all cylinders. I mean, some teams might be, you know, the Chiefs that have been together for a while, but even at that point, they got to adjust to having no Tyreek. So, no team is really hitting on all cylinders. Plus, with the Colts. You've got some moving parts. you know. They still haven't found the right fit of left tackle for Costanzo. Uh, there's no Glowinski, so they'll start, presu- presumably, Danny Pinter at guard. They'll start Matt Pryor at left tackle. Uh, and no offense, those guys don't scare me all that much, especially with what the Texans have on the D-line. Now, obviously, there's a Jonathan Taylor back there, and that does scare me. But Matt Ryan is not going to get out of the pocket and hurt you. If you push him off the pocket and out of the pocket... He's not a great throw-it-off-a-different-platform sort of quarterback. He manages the little uh, one-and-a-half-foot-by-one-and-a-half-foot spot where in the pocket he can do that really well. I think you've got to move Matt off his spot. And if you do, you've got a really good opportunity to have some success against him whether you sack him or not. You just need him off the spot. Defensively, look, Shaquille Leonard I don't think is practiced in pads. I don't think. Uh, dealing with an injury. Now, there's a thought he could be ready for week one, so okay, it's the first time he's going to wear pads since January. So, I'll, I'll I'll take that in week one. 2006, that was all the way in December. Yes, guys are beat up, but that was a Colts offense that was rolling. What it, what it had was a defense that couldn't stop the run. And I think that's one of the biggest mysteries, Mark, of all time. In 2006, the last half of the year, the Colts got completely and totally gashed against the run. The Texans did it. There were other teams that just gashed them. In the first round of the playoffs, they had to play Larry Johnson, who was with the Chiefs. I think he ran for 2,000 that year. They held him to, like, 12 yards. It's the biggest mystery of all time. Like, how did they look so bad in the regular season? And then they got to the playoffs, and all of a sudden, they're a juggernaut stopping the run. And it couldn't have all been just because Bob Sanders was back. But it was so weird that Ron Dane had great games against them. Other backs had great games against them, and they faced arguably the best back in the league at that time, and they shut him down with like twelve yards in a in a playoff win over the Chiefs. It, it's still a mystery to me, but I think better chance would be this team. No question in my mind about that. All right, that sounds good. Good rationale there, Peyton Manning.
1: You don't have to see him. I like that. Who's better? Let's continue. Better game, week one. Baker versus Cleveland or Russell versus Seattle? Better game, Johnny. And you can evaluate this any which way you want. Not necessarily which is going to be closer, but which is more dramatic and which really floats your boat more.
0: I think the Panthers-Browns, because Baker will allow that stuff to seep in, by the time the Broncos get to Seattle – I think Russell's gonna be all hugs and hugs and kisses with the Seahawks and oh I miss you guys. You know how Russell is with his public persona. I think that's the way it's gonna be now. Yeah. Will he go over there and shake hands with Pete Carroll? I don't know. But I feel like I feel like Baker could throw a touchdown and run over to the Browns sideline and flash double rods and not have a care in the world. You know, that's the kind of thing you could get from Baker. I mean he's done that before. And this one probably stung him that much worse. So I think from an intrigue drama standpoint, I think Baker and the Panthers against the Browns would have my attention more than, than Russell going to Seattle. And, and congrats to Russell on the contract. thought it was interesting that it was a day or two ago, I saw a post on Twitter, the most overrated player in the NFL is judged by like NFL personnel and some other people was Russell Wilson. Like, oh, interesting! Because two days later, he's getting a super mega contract. Congratulations, another champion of the NFL business world. How many times has he missed the playoffs? Once is that the number? Yeah, last year. Throughout his career, last year, twenty twenty one. I don't know. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, it's nuts.
1: That's that's absolutely nuts, and good for him getting the money and obviously the uh, landscape, we talked about it with the general, very interesting with the quarterback contract situations. All right, who's better? We continue. I'll go better game again. Better game, Bills-Rams, that's a week from tonight, opening yep. night in the National Football League in L.A., or Bucks cowboys Sunday night? So two primetime games next week that we're focusing on here. Bucks cowboys in Big D,
0: or Bills-Rams in L.A.? Uh, it's Bills-Rams. I think Tom Brady might die. His offensive line, <laughs> oh good lord. I mean, Aaron Donald doesn't need to be swinging helmets against those guys, but there's no Ryan Jensen. His backup got hurt and is out for the year two. Ali Marpet retired that starting guard starting center backup center and if there's one thing that Brady always had with the Patriots always had he didn't always have the two best tackles but what he had was a guard center guard combination that was always outstanding always no matter who it was because he would stay behind those three the tackles just kind of worked their way out and ran guys by and Brady would just work behind those three. If those three are just having a nightmare of a time with Aaron Donald, Sean Robinson, or I mean uh, um, with the Cowboys, guys, it's going to be a long, long afternoon, long evening for Tom Brady. We saw Bucks-Cowboys last year, first game of the year. It was a good game. I, it's, Bills-Rams, you got my attention. You absolutely – you had me at hello. I think any game with the Bills this year is going to be must-see, especially the way that offense is playing. And it's the Rams – and it's you know Aaron Donald and you know Matt Stafford where is he the game's out in LA they're celebrating a championship i mean i think the bills are going to put it on them but i still think that's going to be a better game than bucks cowboys i'm more interested in seeing that bills rams game than i am the bucks and cowboys okay well said i
1: always want to watch the cowboys lose though this is one of that i'm okay with pastimes. yeah yeah, absolutely. Okay, let's go college here. Who's better? Better job as a head coach. They're going to play this weekend, these two schools, Ohio State or Notre Dame. Which is the better job, Johnny?
0: Well, that's a, that's a tremendous question. Um, it's a better it's a job. qualitative thing, right? Yeah, because it's one of those things that I look at and go, which job would I want? Now – I've said for a long time, Ohio State fan is the most ridiculous fan there is. Then again, mm-hmm. domers can be somewhat, uh, have somewhat high expectations when they don't need to be. The, the concern when you're at Notre Dame is you obviously have to recruit players, uh, prospects that have a certain uh, academic level. That's not a con- totally a concern of Ohio State, although they don't go out and get a bunch of dummies. But I think Ohio State probably gives you a better chance to be a national champion every year. I think Ohio State, the game against Michigan, I would love to to coach in. Man, there's just something about Notre Dame. There's something about being at Notre Dame. Marcus Freeman. It's funny because Marcus Freeman played at Ohio State. Now he's dead. Coach Notre Dame, and they're going back to Columbus to play against Ohio State, uh, which is going to be a it, it's going to be a fun watch for a little while. But I think Ohio State just takes it over. Uh, but there's something about Notre Dame just something special about that place, just and you know me, history, tradition, those things matter to me. And I also feel like, you know what, I'll take Notre Dame and we'll we'll go win a championship no matter what my academic requirements are, I'm gonna go win a championship. But if you win a championship with Notre Dame after they've not had one since nineteen eighty eight. I mean they'll put your name in the, you get a statue. Maybe right next to New Rockney. Uh, and I would be totally down with the marble statue of me right next to Newt Rockney. So I'm going to say Notre Dame.
1: <laughs> I'll tell you, all right, so quickie, because we got to hit the break here, but better job in the Big Ten, Penn State or Wisconsin? Oh, Wisconsin. Because neither place, you don't have to win the national championship in either place. You get a lot of love, a lot of respect uh, by winning 9, 10, 11 games, and, oh, you know, you could have, would have, should have been in the playoff if only – But you have a tremendous following. You think Wisconsin – see, I worked at Penn State, so I have a – I guess I have a little bit of a soft spot for that. And I always wonder with Bill O'Brien, was he ever tempted to say, you know what, an NFL's nice, but this is a hell of a place here. and Look where I am, and I'm doing all right. But obviously he didn't do that. Your
0: thoughts? Yeah. I mean, I think the Penn State job is a – I mean, it's an excellent job. And it's interesting because Happy Valley is kind of in the middle of nowhere, whereas Madison is the center of everything in Wisconsin – so there, there's yeah. there's that, yeah. but all, you know yeah. the one thing with Penn State, the history and tradition there, it, it goes all the way back to Paterno in, in the in the 60s. Wisconsin football really didn't kick in until Barry Alvarez got there in the 90s. It's it's almost like yeah. Wisconsin's the microwave dynasty, and Penn State was the you know put it in the oven and let it cook for 35 minutes sort of thing. So that said, right. Yeah, I was born in Wisconsin, so you know I gotta go. With, I gotta go with the Badgers, but I've always liked the Badgers in the way that Paul Chris runs his program. So I'm going. I'm going uh, on Wisconsin.
1: All right, we're gonna reset some of the uh, transactions with the Texans, the acquisitions in the last few days, some of the moves they've made. Also, you got to give me one or two games this weekend to watch. I don't need the whole paragraph on them, but you know what's happening this weekend. We've got college football, no NFL, so we need to. Wet the appetite, that's W-H-E-T, for our football fix. And we're going to get the big cornucopia next week with week one. It's Texans Radio.
2: Texans All Access continues in a moment.
1: If you've wanted to buy Bitcoin but didn't know how to get started, try BitWallet, the official digital currency wallet of the Houston Texans. Go to the website BitWallet.org and download the BitWallet app and you'll get started right away with the fastest, simplest way to buy Bitcoin with your debit card. It's Houston founded and based. BitWallet has a platform for individuals and businesses with no fees
2: and no chargebacks. BitWallet.org. BitWallet. Org BitWallet. We return to Texans All Access.
1: All right, Mark Vandermeer and John Harris with you. Big weekend of college football with games tonight all weekend long. It's going to be fun. There's no NFL this weekend, unfortunately. We should have a game tonight, that game four. Okay, I know. We have 17 games now. That's much better. In the regular season, Johnny, earlier today the Texans announced that Chris Conley, Royce Freeman, and Isaac Yadim would be added to the active roster. And they placed these players on IR. Christian Harris, the linebacker from Alabama, a rookie, obviously, Tegan Couturiano, another rookie, the tight end. And Tavier Thomas from Ferris State, year five. Tavier, good slot corner. Also, Paul Quesenberry, a fullback on the practice squad. Uh, What jumps out at you? Obviously, the report today that they signed – O.J. Howard is very interesting as well as we look at the day's work for Nick Casario and company.
0: Yeah, the transaction booyah base was uh, interesting, to say the least. Um, pretty juicy. We, You and I had talked about this off the air, and it was one of the questions we asked on the air that I asked of Nick Casario. How do you handle players like, and I don't know if I brought the players, but talking about Christian Harris and Tavier Thomas, and how do you balance out – Hey, we think this guy might be ready by week three, but we're not totally sure. You know, The Texans did that with Arian Foster in 2015, where at that time, I think it was six games, maybe eight games, but Arian was going to be ready, not in weeks one, two, or three, but by week four, he was going to be ready to go. If I remember correctly, it was something like that. And so it becomes, all right, well, do you carry him on the roster, but just make him inactive, or do you put him on IR and just wait for him to get to week seven, eight, or whatever, you know, at that point when the IR rules were were much different? Now I think it's a four-week situation, and it's – and Lovey said it today, talking about Christian Harris. He said it's going to be a ways. And as soon as he said that, that's when it hit, like, maybe he's going on – maybe that's what the transactions will be today, that they will eventually put them on IR. And unfortunately they did. Like what I saw from Christian in the time that we saw him before he got uh, dinged up, Really like what I saw fatiguing Quatoriano uh, in the in the midst of what we saw, and we know that Tav can play that nickel spot as well as anybody. So those are those are big losses, but guys have got to step up, including like you said, OJ Howard. And you know, we asked the general about that. I don't know what he's got left. We we got to find out. Obviously, Buffalo was not mm-hmm. the spot for him, and you never know when when things click when a guy might get fully healthy. Um, and the two the comparison points I used were. Is it Roosevelt Colvin? You know, a name that people knew, but then he got here and just, oh boy, it's over. Or is it Quinn Demps, where you brought him in week three of 2015 after, you know, being away for a while. You bring him in, you're going, week three of the preseason. Really? Like, you're going to get something from him? And yeah, he turned into one of your better defensive players. So, there's kind of the yin and yang of bringing him back in a veteran. So, we'll see what OJ's got. I'm I'm glad they went out and did it, but... I don't think it's one of those we're going to Super Bowl because got OJ Howard sort of thing. We want to see OJ develop, learn the offense, and see where it puts him. Yeah,
1: it might be a nice second chance place for him. Yes, Buffalo couldn't find a role for him, so they let him go. Johnny, college games. We got about a minute left. So,
0: what do you got this weekend for me? Boy, there's some fun stuff. You mentioned Notre Dame, Ohio State. Uh, the, the two biggest games. I find interesting because they're. Massive. Notre Dame and Ohio State, Georgia and Oregon, seventeen point spreads in both. Seventeen point spreads. I, I mean, my goodness. It, yeah, in two, in the two of the biggest games. So I don't think they get to those numbers, but I think Oregon and Georgia will have trouble scoring. I do think their Ohio State can put up points when it wants. I think Ohio State could be scary good if that defense uh, comes around this year. So. Um, it's going to be a fun one, but man, even tonight, Mark, I'm sitting here and I'm talking to you, but I'm watching West Virginia Pitt and Mark Heinz Field. Well, what is it now? Acrisure? Sorry, Acrisure Stadium is absolutely packed, and it it's just makes like me that. sad. It makes me sad that the backyard brawl Pitt and and uh, West Virginia isn't played every year. This thing has got hatred. It's got all. It's got vitriol. Oh, it's yeah, got all kinds of stuff. This is what college football supposed to be about. And I love it. it's packed. <laughs> Um, It's 3-0 pit ahead. Look, Penn State's in that
1: neighborhood, right? They're only a couple of hours away, two and a half from Pittsburgh. They should play Pitt every year. They should play West Virginia every year like they used to. They should play Syracuse every year. Get the East back together, folks. Not going to happen. All right, Johnny, thanks a lot. As always, looking forward to tomorrow's show. We'll have some fun going into the weekend. Talk about what happened tonight. Talk about what's going to happen week one, one week from tonight. The National Football League kicks off its 2022 season with the Bills at the Rams. It'll be live right here, by the way. Have a great night. Thank you, Cynthia, for producing. Thank you, John McClain. And go
2: Texans! More Texans Radio is on the way. What if your preferred hospital could also be your primary care provider?
1: At Houston Methodist, we go beyond hospital care offering you everything from flu shots to well-woman exams to managing your weight and cholesterol. And our primary care doctors
2: and specialists are connected all across the city. So whatever the need, wherever you live, we can be there for you. Visit HoustonMethodist.org to find the care you need at locations throughout Houston. Houston Methodist, leading medicine.